All right, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, it's the red sweater. So I see some of you are wearing the red today. This is the one time of year that I'm in the that I'm in the red sweater. I've done it for 14 years now. Always in the red sweater. The Sunday right before Christmas. We're going to talk about extraordinary kindness. See, Christmas is a moment of extraordinary kindness shared to a group of people. So, so people 2,000 years ago were waiting for the Messiah to be born. They were all there was there was all kinds of. Uh, rumors going around that a Messiah was going to be born. And that was because of the prophecies that were given. And actually hundreds of people were claiming to be the Messiah. Hundreds. And only one of them surfaced. And that was Jesus Christ. So all the others fell away. Like people were, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. All over, all the street corners around there, the Messiah. Because they needed a Messiah. There was a lot of oppression. And yet Jesus Christ is the one that surfaced out of all of them. And so they're waiting for the Messiah to be born. And what we see here is this great kindness was given because this announcement of this child, this Messiah was born. It's no mistake, everybody, that the announcement was made to shepherds. Now, what we're going to get disconnected from, and they're like, shepherds, okay, all right, that's cool. I understand, shepherds, good. Hey, hey, no, 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 we got to take you back 2,000 years. You got to get in the context of the moment, okay? Shepherds, were the most undeserving of all people to hear this announcement. Shepherds, these shepherds who we're told in the scripture, I'll read in just a second, were keeping watch over the flocks at night, were outside of what town? Anybody know? Oh, I'll say it with some conviction. You know, my gosh, it's almost Christmas. Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem, outside of Bethlehem. So, so do you know what sheep were kept outside of Bethlehem, you know what the sheep that were kept there were the very sheep that were to be used in the highest of all holy days and the biggest of all worship days, the sheep that were to be used on the day of atonement. We call it Easter, the day of atonement, when the sacrifice would be made of a perfect lamb, of a perfect lamb. And they had the added burden of not just watching sheep. They had to watch these sheep 24-7 because there couldn't be any imperfections in the sheep that they watched. But those shepherds, here's the ironic thing. They weren't allowed to participate because of occupation and the highest. So they had to, they had the, they had to guard the very thing that was a part of the highest of the holiest of the most spiritual, pure, clean days. And yet they weren't allowed to participate because of what they did. Because they were shepherds. They were despised. They were looked down upon. That's what shepherds were. Shepherds' characters were in great question. Like they weren't allowed to give a testimony in court. And we look back 2,000 years ago, oh man, that's terrible. It's terrible with somebody who treated that. Well, it'd be terrible unless, you know, there's, where there's smoke, there's fire, unless some shepherd treated you with a great injustice because that's what they were known for. They're like, kind of like, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a used car salesman, but I'm so sorry. But the kind of the, you know, right? The equivalent. So they, they, they weren't allowed. They were very undeserving. And so God, it's not by coincidence, has this great announcement given to these very extra, these very undeserving people. So what I want to say to you today, here's the message is Christmas is about an extraordinary kindness, great grace, a tremendous amount of love that is given to people who are considered to be the most undeserving of all people. You know what's interesting in, in these seven wells that we have just built? I'm reading this report here. I have the report of the well that we built. We have already, we want to go ahead and build one well six months ago, and we did it with living water. And I'm reading this report, and I'm thinking about the shepherds and how undeserving they are. The people that we built the well for six months ago to kind of give us a, uh, a dry run. There's a dry run on building a well six months ago. I'm reading this report 
of the guy because we, we build it through, we, we, we partner with an organization who works with a local church. And the pastor said, you know, there's clean water around. There, there, there are some people who do have access to clean, clean water, but in India you have the caste system. And he said, you know, we're considered non-grounders. So there's a very few people, the high ups, they're the deserving ones of the water. They deserve it. And they won't share the clean water with the non-grounders. We're the wrong caste. We're undeserving. So we don't get it. And the only way we can get it is we pay this huge price to get it. And so in a way, we've participated in the Christmas message, haven't we? Because we've gone out and it's shown a great kindness to people in that area who says, you're very, very undeserving to receive this thing. Now, we hear about this. We hear about the shepherds 2,000 years ago, don't we? And we say, ah, I'm so glad that I'm not so narrow-minded. I would never be that way. I would never, you know, to a shepherd, I mean, that's, that's such a shame. It doesn't make, there's so much time. And then, and then the Indians that we just built a well for. We say, yeah, there's so much space. If I lived over there, I would, right? You would never, I would never, I would never, right? We would never. Of course not. I mean, we're so loving. We're so open-minded. We don't care. There's nobody that's undeserving, right? We don't. I want to talk about this morning, Christmas. Christmas is about an extraordinary kindness given out even to the most undeserving of all peoples, okay? Let me pray, and then I want to read the story for us from Luke chapter 2. Heavenly Father, what is the power of Christmas? What is the essence of Christmas? Lord, may the power of Christmas seep down deep into our souls here this morning. May we grasp the good news of the Christmas message, and then may it be followed by great joy. In Christ's name, amen. Luke chapter 2, what I want to talk about is good news is followed by great joy. Good news, great joy. The two of them go hand in hand in this story, Luke chapter 2, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around these undeserving people. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause. What does the good news cause? The good news causes great joy. Who's it going to be for? It's for everybody. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor Rest. We began last week by talking about the fact that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. It means God with us. And I told this story about when I worked at UPS and my center manager says, I'm coming down, right? This is the same thing. God is coming down. Now, maybe at some point in your life, you were downstairs playing in a basement and maybe you heard your father bellow, don't make me come down there, right? Don't make me. Anybody, anybody bold enough to raise your hand? Don't make me come down there. And you know what that meant. Don't make me come down there. There was going to be trouble when I came down there. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. God could look at us and say, don't make me come down there. Well, things were bad. And so he came down. But when he came down, what did he come down to do? Did he come down to condemn us? He came down to share good news with us. Here's the fascinating thing. He came down not to condemn us, but to share good news with us that I love you so much. I love you so much that unto you 
a child is born. This baby, the Messiah, God has taken on flesh. Anytime somebody gets involved in something, they're making themselves really vulnerable. You see something going on, like you see a problem. Don't you think about this? You see a problem going on in the world around you? You have a choice. You have a decision to make. You see somebody, a broken tire on the side of the road, right? You have a decision to make. Do I want to stop in the rain and help this person? Okay? You have a real decision. Am I going to go to all that trouble? And so God says, I'm coming down, but not to condemn you, to actually bring great joy. They were waiting on a Messiah, and the Messiah here, the news of it, was given to the most unlikely people, these shepherds. So look, joy. It's really important. Good news followed by great joy. It's one thing to know the Christmas story, to know it, but we got to show it. It's one thing to hear it, but if you've been hearing a long time, for a lot of us, it starts to lose its power, doesn't it? It's like, oh yeah, I heard that. I heard that. It's one thing to know it, you got to show it. It's one thing to hear it, you got to share it. It's a two-sided coin. And if you're stuck in between those two things, the power and the essence of Christmas just dries up. It's gone. All you have is knowledge. You can't just know it, you got to show it. You can't just hear it, you got to share it. Years ago when I was a kid, uh, I had an uncle who... uh, He's actually my dad's uncle, but we called him uncle. I called him Uncle Jack. He loved to play golf. And so he was in town. I was about 10 years old. And so my dad and Uncle Jack would go out and play golf, and they said I could come along. And I was thrilled. Why was I thrilled? Because I was going to get an opportunity to do what? Drive the golf cart. I was very excited about driving the golf cart. Extremely excited about driving the golf cart. So we, we went through. They played. I drove nine holes. We got to the 10th hole. There was a little burger place there or whatever, and we stopped there at the tent tee to have something to eat. And uh, lo and behold, all of a sudden, the, the golf cart wouldn't work. Golf cart stopped working. And so they said, you know what? Uh, we're just, you know, we're not going to play those. It's too much of a bother or whatever. And I, so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We have to. I'm 10 years old. We got to keep playing. I want to keep driving the cart. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm excited. I'm excited all day about this. I'm excited all week about driving the cart. So I'm out in the cart. And I keep fooling around with the key. I'm like, what is wrong with it? I'm stomping on the accelerator. It's not working. It's not working. And after about 10 minutes, I mean, I'm serious about this. About 10 minutes, I look down and I realize in a golf cart, there's a button, forward and reverse. And and the button was stuck in between forward and reverse. That's why I wasn't going. And I discovered it. And so, boom, I pushed it into reverse and stomped on that accelerator. Boom, back right up. Now, here's what I didn't know. In the 10 minutes that I've been working on that cart, my Uncle Jack had slipped around to the back of the cart at that moment and was getting some golf clubs out of the back of the cart. And so I ran over my Uncle Jack. (laughs) He's okay. He's been walking with a limp ever since. He's okay, though. I don't want you to... But the point of the story is, is for many of us, we're stuck in between knowing and showing. We're stuck in between hearing and sharing. When's the last time you shared with somebody the good news? The good news, not the bad news. I'm going to... I'm coming down there. Have you, you, have you ever heard somebody share the bad news? Hey, man, you, you need Jesus in your life, boy. Right? Hmm? You heard the bad news shared. Have you ever heard anybody share the good news? That he's coming down because he loves you so much. I am undeserving. Everybody's undeserving. He's coming down because he loves us so much, not to condemn us, but to help us. Have you ever heard the good news shared? Because the good news was shared to the most undeserving people on the planet. These guys couldn't even go to worship. They weren't allowed to go to the temple. They weren't allowed to testify in court. Their word meant nothing. Their, qu- their, their, their character was highly questionable. Everybody thought they were a bunch of liars. Good news. Have you ever heard the good news? I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever shared the good news? 
You ever shared the good news with anybody? A lot of bad news is being shared. Have you actually ever shared the good news? Are you stuck in between hearing and sharing? Are you stuck in between knowing and showing? You're not going to have joy. See, the joy is always followed by the good news. When the good news is shared, you're going to see this in a minute, joy is the result of the good news being shared. And the question is, many of us in this room know the good news. Have we showed the good news? Have we, have we shared the good news? What have we done about the good news? Joy is very important. C.S. Lewis says this about joy. It's really important. Think about this, okay? We're talking about joy and the importance of joy for just a moment. Because I think there are times that maybe we forget how important it is. C.S. Lewis says this about joy. He says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Serious business of heaven. The angels here announce joy. The shepherds here spread the joy. Because after they hear about it, they go and shed it, spread it. Everybody. Let me tell you everybody about this good news that we've heard. They're so excited. The angels announce it. The shepherds, they spread the joy. God's kingdom is full of joy. Jesus Christ is described as abounding with joy. Creation, we're told in the Bible, sings for joy. We're told that the trees of the forest clap their hands with joy. Some serious joy going on in the Bible about God and about his creation, about Jesus. How about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit produces joy in our lives. Here, joy is not optional. In the scripture, joy is an optional. We're told this about joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. So you know what? I'm going to say it again, just in case you didn't catch it the first time, Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So you got to have joy. Oh my gosh, Paul, that's a commandment. You're making a command. It's not an option. And you want us to know it. It's so important. You said it twice. You need to say it one time. I, you need to get this. You need to have joy. I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you heard a minister thunder on about the sin of joylessness? Anybody ever heard that sermon? The sin. When's the last? Have you sinned this week? Have you sinned this week? Have you seen CNN do a report? You know what? They've gone to church. You know what? The community is so upset with you church people. It's so oppressive. The message of joy. I mean, you're just preaching too much about joy. My goodness. Why are you talking about joy so much? Has anybody sinned this week by not being joyful? See, it's really, really important. We are told that Great joy follows good news. Good news, great joy. Have you allowed the joy of God? Why? Aren't, why, why? why isn't the joy of the Lord filling us? Why isn't the joy of the Lord our strength, as it says in Nehemiah? We need to not only know the good news, we have to show the good news. We can't just hear the good news. We got to share the good news. And as you try to share it, as you attempt it, as you pray about it, as you think about it, I want to share good news, not bad news, good news. All of a sudden, that good news of who Jesus Christ is and Christmas and the power begins to seep into our hearts and joy is the result of that sharing of the good news. Lewis Smead says this, He's a great author. He writes a lot on forgiveness. I've loved his work for years. He says this, to miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. Oh my goodness, are you serious? That's how important joy is in my life. So I have to take a serious inventory. Am I a person of joy or not? Now, I got to share with you really quick, one second, one thing about something we're going to do in January, and I hope it makes sense to you in just a moment. In January, two weeks from now, actually, everybody, that's how 2016 is here in two weeks, two weeks. 
We're going to start a series, a five-week series on the book of Joshua, because Joshua lays out for us this incredible plan. We're calling it a winning plan, a winning plan. And what we discovered in the book of Joshua, what I've really discovered over the past couple months, is this, this plan is so incredible that there, there are principles to this plan that help us to be really effective. And we have some stories and principles and things we want to share. And the reason I bring it up to you this morning in this winning plan is, is that there's a piece of this winning plan that is just so Christmas. So I got to bring one of these pieces up to you today. And there's been a lot of recent research about joy and about happiness and about being positive that I have to share with you because it has so much to do with Christmas. Do you realize that your brains can be 31% more effective? What if you could be 31% more effective? It's a research truth. It's studied. It's very, very well studied. You can be 31% more effective in 2016 if you'll follow this principle. Who wouldn't want to be 31%? You could have more intelligence, more creativity, and more energy if you just institute this plan that we'll talk about in January. But I'm going to give you one of the five important principles here this morning, and that is this, acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness begin to turn you into a person that is filled with joy. Well, what is Christmas? Christmas is a random act of kindness. Random, random, deserving and undeserving people. People that you think deserve it and people you think that don't deserve it. You're sharing good news. And then joy begins to fill you. You know what happens when you're a person who's positive, not negative? Somebody who's positive, not neutral? Somebody who has a person of joy? You know what happens? Well, they've studied this really well. Salespeople are 37% more effective. And you might say, okay, John, that makes sense. Because when a salesperson is really positive, hey, 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 you know, all jumping up and down, of course, you know, it's just, they're right. Okay, so let me tell you about a study they did on doctors. They found that doctors are 19% more effective at diagnosing and treating illnesses in their patients. What does that tell you? It tells you when you walk into that exam, room. If you have a grumpy doctor, you need to turn, you need to get out of there quickly, right? Because your chances are 19% more if you have somebody. So what I'm saying to you is, is that as Christmas is doing this act of great, extraordinary kindness to both people who we think are deserving and undeserving, that the net effect of all that is we begin to experience joy. That when we share good news, it leads to great joy. And all the data is showing, yes, you know what? Actually, the Bible is right. So the question is this, are you willing to extend extraordinary kindness and graciousness and love to even people who you think don't deserve it? Are you willing to do that? I think, oh my gosh, shepherds, I would never have treated the shepherds that way. I mean, if I lived 2,000 years ago, I wouldn't have, I, you wouldn't have either. People outside of this room would have done it, but you all wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. I am not that kind of person. If I lived in India, I would never ever. You wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Other people outside this room would do it, but you wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it. Are we willing to share the good news with people who we think are deserving and, wait a minute, and people we think are really undeserving of us? Well, I was thinking about all this past week as I'm eating my beans and rice, you know? And here I am sacrificing. Some of you love beans and rice. I don't, okay? I'm making this big sacrifice to eat this beans and rice. And I began to pray. So what we did is we started our meals off with prayers. God, there's some people, we don't know them, don't know who they are, but we know they don't have access to clean water and we're eating this beans and rice. Like, you know, after you had a couple meals of beans and rice, it just get, it wears on you a little bit. Is, can anybody say yes? Anybody that, did anybody get, has anybody reached their, no, you guys are good. Did you not eat the beans and rice or you just... <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody ate beans and rice, I'm hoping. So um, anyway, you know, after like two meals of it, it's like, okay, I'm done with the beans and rice. Can we do something else? And so I began to pray for the people I'm making this sacrifice for. God, be with them. I don't know them. You know them. I don't know them. You know them. And this kindness, God help them. They don't have access to clean water. I'm just not going to know the good news about what you've done because, you see, these are being built through churches and, and people are being told, why do you do that? Why, why are you, why, well, there's a group of people and they're in Arlington, Virginia. It's a church called Grace Community Church and, um, and they wanted to provide clean water. And it's open for everybody of all kinds of beliefs and all kinds of practices. Yeah, I'm reading this report, and the pastor said the area that uh, he's in where they're building the well. He said, you know, there, there's been reports, right? There's all kinds of beliefs. There's all kinds of behaviors. all kinds of stuff going on, everybody. The water's open to anybody who wants to come. There's water. Come and drink. There's water. And there's reports there's human sacrifice in that area. And so the well's open for people. Maybe there's all kinds of beliefs there. There's all kinds of behaviors there. There's all kinds of religious persuasion. There's all kinds of political persuasion. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. The well is open for everybody. Because there's a group of people in Arlington, Virginia, and the reason they're doing it is because of Jesus Christ. That's why, that's why, that's why they're offering the water for you. Good news is always followed by great joy. I want to give you two scripture verses, and then I'm going to show you, I'll show you a picture, okay? So here's a couple of scripture verses. 1 Peter 1.8. Everybody, okay, think about this. They are sharing the good news with people that for all of their life in these two verses that they felt were incredibly undeserving. People bothered them. People had different behaviors, different beliefs from them, very different from them. And they were sharing good news, something they didn't want to do, something that caused great confidence. And you can't share that good news with them. They don't deserve it. Like if they change, once they change, then we'll share the good news. But they shared it anyway under great ah, turmoil. Like, oh my gosh, we can't do this. But they shared it. And so 1 Peter 1.8 says, you believe in him. To the group of people who believe, the group of undeserving people who believe, you believed in him, him, the good news, Jesus Christ. And because of that, you're filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Because, see, this good news, they just didn't know about it. They showed it. They shared it. They shared it with people who they thought were incredibly undeserving. I'll give you another one. Same, same scenario. Undeserving people. Acts 8.8. 8. After they shared it, it says, so there was great joy in that city. Great joy because they shared this extraordinary kindness, this good news. They didn't know it. They showed it. Actually went and just hear about it. They shared it people they thought were really undeserving. So we have the picture. Myron, we have the picture. I show this picture. Okay, there's the well that we already put in place, right? You see the banner? I know, like I said last week, unless you've eaten a lot of carrots or you have binoculars with you today, you might not be able to read the banner. It says, thank you, Grace Community Church, for providing clean water for us. Wonderful people there. See those people there? See them? Uh, some of those people are real jerks. Yes. Yeah, if you were over there and you tried to get water, you know, after that well went in, they'd knock you out of line to get to the water before you. Now, some of them are, not all of them, but some are just real jerks. You know why I know this? I never met them before. I know this because they're people. <laughs> they're people. There are people 
right there. There are people who would gossip about you, people who would treat you unjustly. You know what? It's easy. They're 10,000 miles away. It's easy to be nice to them. It's really easy to be nice to them because they're 10,000 miles away. But if you had to live around them every day, they would have little quirks about them and behavioral things and belief things. You know what I'm saying? They'd have political opinions. You wouldn't be happy with it. You're like, oh my gosh, let's rip that well out of the ground. You guys don't deserve this well. That's how you, you know, that's how I would feel. And so I was praying for him this week, and I'm looking at that picture. I thought, oh, my gosh, some of you people are real jerks. <laughs> and do I, I'm sure, am I sure, am I sure that I want to share the good news with people who don't deserve it? The shepherds, so much time has passed. It's easy. Of course, let's share the good news with the shepherds, Right? People in this picture right here. There's so much space in between us. It's just, but what do you do when somebody's right up close with you? How about the people who are right around you? What about people that you're going to see this Christmas season? What about that relative that you just can't stand? Like, I'm just bringing it up and your palms are starting to sweat just a little bit. Huh? They've done something. In the past, can you share good news with them? I mean, you know it, but can you show it? Can you extend kindness to them? Will you be able to do that? That's Christmas. That's the power. The power of Christmas is sharing good news with people who deserve it and don't deserve it. Can, can you do that? Are you, are, you willing, are you willing to take the first step and say, you know, we, we need to reconcile. There's been a break in relationship. Can you do that? That's Christmas. It's the power of Christmas. For Christmas to seep down into your soul and begin to melt your heart so you can feel the power of it again so that you can be a person of joy. The kindness has to be a random act of kindness. And that means that the rain of your goodness and kindness is falling on people who do, in your opinion, deserve it and people who don't, in your opinion, deserve it. Does that make sense? That's the hard stuff. I can walk around all day long. Oh, man, look at what we did for the people in India. Well, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. But what about the people right here in our own space? That makes it a lot different. What about people in your own circle who have different beliefs and behaviors than you? Can you extend kindness to them? One of the things I love about Grace Community Church is we're an extraordinarily diverse church, okay? And you know what? Can I just tell you what, statistically speaking, what happens is people who go to church, they tend to be drawn to people who look like them, think like them, act like them. That's easy. That is so easy. That is so easy. Can you sit in a church with people week after week, love them, work with them, serve them, and they think and believe different from you. Well, wait a minute. Let's get, let's get serious. What if you're pulling out a lot and somebody has the wrong political party bumper sticker? <laughs> wait a minute. Not done. And they, cu- and they cut you off. And they cut you off. Huh? Can you, can you extend kindness to them? Boy, that's where the rubber meets the road. Everybody, look... Um, let me tell you where real growth and real excitement happen. 
where real true joy comes from is when you and I, you and I, start extending kindness to people who in whatever, for whatever reason we feel don't deserve it. For people who are greatly different than we are, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway. When's the last time you shared the good news? One of the things that I do from time to time is I go, give me an opportunity, okay? Well, give me an opportunity to share the good news. Give me an opportunity to show the good news. I think Derek shared it a minute ago about the stat. Did you share the stat? You didn't share the stat? Okay. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Christmas time. People who don't go to church. Christmas time. People who don't go to church. 60% say that they would be willing to go to church at Christmas time this whole season if somebody just invited them. Do you pray for opportunity? Look, I'm an introvert, so like inviting somebody to come or some of this scares me to death. I mean, I'm like praying for opportunities to not have those interactions, right? Okay. <laughs> but, 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 but if I share the good news, right? If I, I can't just know it. I got to show it. I can't just hear it. I got to share it. Then I have to begin to pray. Hey, God, give me opportunities. And some of those opportunities just be beautiful. It's just beautiful. And some of them are going to be really, really difficult. Like sharing it with somebody who I don't think deserves it because they're just so different from me. I mean, it just grates on me, okay? But this is Christmas. This is what the power of Christmas is really all about. And so my question to you simply is this. Are you willing to pray for opportunities to share and to show the good news to all people, even the ones you think deserve it the least. That's Christmas. That's the power of Christmas. When you do that random act of kindness to both deserving and undeserving people, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ and what Christmas begins to seep into our souls, the net effect is joy begins to well up. And when you are a person of joy, you are beginning to reach your full potential. Joy is very important to God. Begin to reach you. All right. So I want to end, if I can, with a situation that I have prayed about. God would give me opportunities to share it. So my wife, uh, Krista, over here, she hates our refrigerator. And uh, she hates the refrigerator because the layout in the refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? The way it's all designed. Um, and she talks about it quite often. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. You know, I, we don't need all that negativity. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's going to make things worse. So don't say that, right? Okay, but then as a result of that, as a, hey, I hate this refrigerator, uh, things fall, things spill out of the refrigerator, opening it, and co- she'll, she'll go get it, and, and, she'll get, and yogurt <laughs> everywhere, uh, orange juice everywhere, stuff everywhere. And here's the thing that I just want to share with you. I'm just a little bit of a, a neat freak about certain things. So immediately the blood pressure starts to go up on me. I just can't, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and it's got to be clean. I have minor, uh, minor, 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 I have minor OCD tendencies, I, full disclosure. So I feel then I have to get down hands and knees, and there's been times you take the little grate thing off the bottom, you know, that refrigerator, I don't know what you call that, grate, whatever, and take it so I can reach way underneath there and clean this so there's no yogurt left or rice or whatever that has fallen there and clean it up. But when it happens, when it happens, it 
really frustrates me, really frustrates me. And so I don't feel like sharing good news at that moment. I get very, why don't you? And so, why do, and so what her comeback was, why don't you just help me? Instead of complaining, instead of getting frustrated, why don't you just help me? Why don't you show some kindness to me and help me? And I say, in my weak moments, I say, you don't deserve it. You know, if this was the first time, if this was the second time or the third time, this is like the hundred time and all the negativity about the refrigerator, it's like the refrigerator gods are coming out against you. And now it's like, we're up to number 20. You don't deserve the kindness. I'm not going to help you. I get so frustrated. A lot of bad news going on in my house. A lot of bad news, everybody. Now, I want to share something with you. She doesn't know this. She's just hearing it now, and I've decided to make this public now because it's Christmas time, and all of you are here to hold her accountable. <laughs> and you could go by her after this is over and say, you know, be kind to him. <laughs> be kind to him, okay? So what she doesn't know is when she's out of the house and she has no knowledge of this, God has begun to allow me to spill things out of this refrigerator. God in his mercy and grace has seen fit that orange juice and yogurt that just splatters. I mean, the, the splatter effect of yogurt. Somebody should do a scientific study on it. It just goes so far. Like 30 yards from the refrigerator. I'm finding it's unbelievable how far it goes. It's incredible. I have had the opportunity, not once, not twice, but many, many times. And see, she doesn't, she doesn't know it. And I haven't told her this. The only thing that she does know or experience is because of what I have gone through, because now I know that I too am undeserving, right? Because it has happened to me. I too am undeserving. The only thing, the only thing that she has experienced now is that when she spills, I no longer share bad news. I just come alongside of her and I just start cleaning things up with kindness because I understand. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. But I now, because, I've, because God has allowed me to experience the own failure myself, I am just freely giving out of the kindness. So this is, right? Do you follow me? Are you willing? It could get messy. Are you willing to ask God to give you opportunities to share good news and to show good news even to people who you think are very undeserving. I tell you what, as I've done it, the power of Jesus gets really real. It's not just the fluff stuff. It's the deep stuff. It's the deep stuff. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you this Christmas. Say, God, help me not just to know about the good news, but to show the good news so that your joy may be complete and full in me. Now, the music team's going to come out, and they are going to uh, play for us a wonderful song. I think they're backstage. If you guys are, there they are. I see them rustling around. Here we go. So uh, they are going to reprise a song about joy to the world. And we're going we're gonna to conclude this service by singing that with all of our hearts as a proclamation, and we are going to ask that God's joy that always follows his good news would seep down deep in our hearts so that as you are experiencing the next couple days, whether you're around family or maybe, maybe you're not around family, maybe, 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 maybe you might be isolated this Christmas, whatever the situation might be, that God's joy followed by that, that good news that precedes it would begin to seep deep in your hearts. And as we sing this song, I want to I wanna ask you to think about, as you're singing about joy, 
God, would you give me an opportunity to show the good news and to share the good news? Because really, it's a two-sided coin, and we might be stuck in between. That's where I find my life a lot, stuck in between power, stuck in between forward and reverse. Some of us need to run over Uncle Jack, right? Run him over. We need to get out of neutral, and we need to move. And if we're going to do that, we've got we to gotta be bold prayers, bold prayers. God, help me to share it. Help me to show the good news. Okay, can we stand together? I'm going to pray, then we're going to sing. And I want to tell you this, our prayer team is always over on this wall. This is our version of the prayer wall right over here. We're always over there. Love to pray with you. We understand that Christmas time can be a quite a blue time for some of us. Whether it's a blue time or a great time or whatever time it is for you, we want you to know that we count it a privilege to pray with you to pray with you. So please, anybody over there. And if you're brand new and you want to know about what grace is, right back over here. I'd love to meet you. We'll tell you everything that's know about this church in five minutes or less. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. For some of us, God, we've heard this story a million times, and maybe because of that, it's lost some of its power and effect on our lives. God, I just want to ask that as we're about ready to sing this song about joy, about great joy, that we would be so bold to say, God, give me opportunities, more and more opportunities to share and to show the good news of the Christmas story that Jesus Christ has come down, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. He's come down for all people, whether we think we're deserving or undeserving, doesn't matter. God, you have come down because you love us so much. Give us opportunities, Father, to share that story of good news. In Christ's name, everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you, everybody. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.